Morbin time. Welcome back to the Morbcast with your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Damon, how are you, my friend? Oh, you know, it has been a long, long week, um, but it's the weekend, so I have nothing to complain about. Uh, y'all will hear about, more about this in the coming week, but finally finished my MCU watch through Phase 3. Very relieved. Very, very relieved. Uh, how are you, man? Yeah. Uh, same here. I also finished uh, my rewatch and I'm also relieved. I love the MCU and like there's a reason we rewatch we watched it because we love talking about it. But when you do it all like in a crunch time, you kind of get burnout towards the end. So by the time I reached Endgame, I was like not only crying from emotion, just exhaustion. I was like, I'm so tired of looking at Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Um, but it was good. I'm glad I, I, I finished it. But uh, yeah, we also have our guests as usual um our friends ryan anna and thad how are y'all good pretty good i'm thriving i read three books today (laughs) okay what were the books and rank them okay so lore was my favorite the second one was um oh my gosh i don't have it in front of me it was by lana harper um Payback's a witch. Fun, cute, queer read. And then the other one was League of um, Gentle Witches, I think it was called. Gentle Women Witches. Um, That one was just okay. It was cute. I wouldn't like write home about it, but it was like a fun, quick read. So, yeah. Nice. Um, Ryan, Thad, are y'all doing any binging or reading? What have you? Yeah, so um, I like you too i also staggered to the finish of our um mcu phase three rewatch um and now i'm probably gonna start rewatching the defenders because i said i was gonna do that once i finished um phase three uh so yeah and um reading wise i've been on like a um like since top gun i've been on like a space combat like uh kick so i've been, been reading um, some books about that which has been interesting so yeah a lot of dog fighting and, and space fighting and being swimming and everything. So, I love it, Dad. Uh, pretty much binging everything that needed to be done as homework for this pod. Um, most of my TV time has been spent over the last couple of weeks just with uh, my Celtics just giving me and putting me near the brink of heart attack <laughs> through the last couple of weeks. Uh, reading wise, it's just been uh, I've just been rereading the last issues of Saga and just trying to figure out what is happening next. Nice. I need to catch up. I uh, I'm pretty behind, but I I always feel bad because like it's so good, and so sometimes I I have this weird like oh I hope like the people who made Saga worry about me kyle not reading their books as if like you know one person affects their sales or anything but i do really love saga i just i have i get overwhelmed with books very easily because i can't read um uh so today dad mentioned some some homework so for this episode of down for the turnaround we're gonna be talking about some tv shows Uh, a lot of big tv out right now 
Um, and so we figured we kind of combine it all into one mini-sode. Right now, we are going to be talking about Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first three episodes are out. Um, so just general thoughts so far of our kind of the first half. I can't believe it's already halfway done. But uh, Ryan, what have you thought about Obi-Wan Kenobi so far? Yeah, I have uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I was very curious to see uh, like where it would go in terms of like how they would get Obi-Wan off of tattooing and like sort of back in the game, as it were. Um, and I think they've been uh, really creative in how they've done that. Um, I, if we've talked about this before, I'm generally not a fan of the Inquisitors. Um, mostly because of the spinning lightsabers, but also just, like, they, I don't know, they don't... <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, um, I've, I've been a big fan of Reva so far, and, um, uh, yeah, Vader was really great seeing him in this episode, so... Uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Damon, what were some of your general thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi the first half? Whew. So, I had heard rumbles that Leia was supposed to, of course, be a part of it. And, of course, I completely forgot about that when the series actually aired. And so I was so surprised and, like, just happy to see Leia once again. And then uh, this iteration that we have not seen before... I am here for young Leia. She is a spitfire. She's inquisitive. That actress is just really doing such a great job on the show. Um, her and Obi-Wan with this this, uh, this him running around trying to catch her the whole time, just trying to keep her on lock while she just does whatever she wants to, I find very enjoyable. Okay. While also we have old Ben... You do not call him Obi-Wan. Don't do it. He's not down for that anymore. He's just, he's really caught up with himself. He's still regretting the past, and he's hes trying not to think about it, but that's all he can do. His dreams are, are getting at him. He's trying to uh, talk to Qui-Gon and, and help him through this, and that hasn't happened yet. I firmly believe that will be, I'm calling it now, ep- episode five, I want to say, is when that happens, so we can get, like, whatever's going to be the climax and actual shit that goes down in episode six but in the first three i've been so satisfied i mean it it's doing what i think star wars and also what the mcu does really well is that it makes their other properties better it is additive is it's an enhancement property while also giving us new stuff that we didn't know yet i mean we always kind of wondered how did she know about Obi-Wan Kenobi other than, of course, you know, an old friend of her father's? But to add this this level to it is just really smart and clever. Reva, I think, is a very intriguing villain and antagonist. And I'm really hoping we get to see more of her backstory. Like, was she one of those kids that was, uh, you know, trying to get out of the, uh, the Jedi Temple at the very beginning? And is she going to have a redemption arc even, you know? I mean, we've... We've seen it before with the Inquisitors, with the uh, Grand Inquisitor, even if it was, you know, right at the very end. Speaking of which, a lot of people think Inquis- the Grand Inquisitor is dead. Nah, he, nah, just chill. Just relax. We got three more episodes on that to figure it out. Um, but mainly, yeah, I just really enjoyed the, the, the stuff between Obi-Wan and Leia. It's driving the show really well, as well as seeing his regret and his torture over what happened with, with Anakin in Padme. 
I need more Vader. I need to see Anakin in, in like, another way. Just give me more Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, that's what I got. Anna, what's some of your what's some of your thoughts on the first half of Obi Wan Kenobi? So I have mixed feelings. Um, first of all, when I first watched it, I watched it twice. I loved it. I had no issue with it. I thought everything was beautifully done. I liked the way that they tied in all the individual characters. And then I spoke to a friend, and that was my mistake because they pointed out a bunch of things, and I had to go back and rewatch it. There's well, first of all, I just want to say the cinematography and the way that they executed the CGI was phenomenal. No notes. Um, Deborah Chow is just a sheer icon at this point. I want her to do everything Star Wars whatsoever. Um, but there's a few continuity issues. And then, oh, okay, guys, this is a major spoiler if you're not caught up yet. Um, who lets like a 10 year old just run off by themselves? Like that is just, I have issue with that. Right. Um, and then I, there's also the issue of Obi-Wan and Anakin reuniting. It's, it seems a little early in the series for me, number one and number two, and this was just my impression. Maybe I'm just interpreting this incorrectly. It, they were supposed to reunite for the first time, like on the Death Star. So that segue for me was a little weird, but I did like the symmetry between what happened to Anakin and how he tortured Obi-Wan. Um, thought that was pretty cool. But this version of Darth Vader, even when before he went to the dark side, Anakin, when he killed people, killed people with purpose. He wasn't just randomly lashing out and killing people, right? So it seemed as though he was just being savage for no reason, which I thought was an interesting take. I'm really interested to see how they're going to move forward in the series. Ryan, you had a uh, thought about that? Yeah. Um, so just going off of the Death Star point specifically, they do actually have a little bit of wiggle room with that. Um, the exact line that Vader has on the Death Star is like, you know, the, this is a present I haven't felt since. And then he just stops and doesn't say anything else. So after the prequels were sort of led to believe he meant Mustafar, but it could have been, you know, since then. So they are coloring in between the lines, uh, if barely, with um, where they're going so far, at least with that. So, Thad, how do you feel about Obi-Wan Kenobi so far? I like it so far. Uh, I can't believe Ryan doesn't like the rave savers that the Inquisitors have. A little disappointed with that, but uh, I do like Kenobi so far. Uh, like Anna, there's, you can nitpick just a few things. Um, uh, I know there's been a big discussion about uh, Leia running around and getting away from all of these adults. Uh, the woods is the one where it's like, eh, I don't know. But when she's in like the the streets and there's a bunch of crowded people, I don't know if you guys have gotten a kid lost in like a mall or something. That shit is wild. And I totally understood Obi-Wan's pain just trying to be like oh my god where the hell is this kid <laughs> um, but other than just a few nitpicks it's been really good I really like it yeah you guys have basically covered everything but I just want to hit also like Damon mentioned on Ewan specifically because like we all knew he's great I mean he's maybe 
like Star Wars fans don't agree on anything, but the closest they've ever come to agreeing on something is like the fact that he's probably the best thing from the Star Wars prequels. I mean, he's always been a fan favorite, but the way he just slips back into the role, I mean, it's like it's been no time at all. Like he's just so good, but also adds new layers of like regret and grief into it. I love the little mannerisms he has when he's like trying to contact Qui-Gon, especially in um I guess it would be episode three because end of episode two is him finding out that Anakin's alive. And then episode three, he's trying to talk to Qui-Gon about it. And you can see him like fidgeting his hands and like the, the general like anxiety he shows is such a good touch. Um, I love his connection with Leia. My favorite moment so far has been one that's a little ambiguous. Like you can read it a, a, a couple of different ways, but when he tells her, he like looks at her and she's, you know, what are you looking at? And he's like, you remind me of someone who was also very fiery or whatever he says. And it could be read as Padme. It could be read as Anakin. I really hope it's read as uh, Satine. Um, crossing my fingers for that Satine flashback in the second half of the series. Um, either way, though, it's a really like powerful scene. Um, and yeah, he's just he's just phenomenal. Like I, I, I he's always been one of my favorite parts of Star Wars, but I think this is probably going to cement him as maybe one of my favorite performances in, in these movies and shows. Um, and then yeah. I, I agree on the Obi-Wan Anakin thing, like reuniting. Like Ryan said, there is wiggle room to where you could play it both ways. Um, I think that going into the series, I was very strongly against it because I just think that there's that scene in A New Hope, you know, the fight is awful because it's 77, so they can't do much with it. But the, the, the emotion of it is really great because it's like, oh, wow, they have not seen each other since he left him for dead in a volcano (laughs) like this is like a real like powerful moment and so for that to not be true anymore is like it almost takes away that emotion but it's still powerful because we got to see that reunion here in this like this is the first time they've seen each other in 10 years and i don't know like i love the way obi-wan was just immediately terrified (laughs) and like even in the way they fought one I don't think that's the last time we're going to see the two of them fight because that was a very small duel. But I love the way they changed up their fighting styles. Like Anna said, I don't really agree with the fact that Anakin was a very purposeful killer. I think that he's always been a bit brash, especially in the Clone Wars. And so I think that they them playing him up, like him showing up on the scene and then immediately force choking some random villagers and like killing a kid. I don't know if he killed them, but like met like basically like like torturing these people is just it's a way to bring him into the show. Like I was worried about the way they would handle it, but I mean, I, I, rogue one might have some competition now for most terrifying Vader scene. Um, and then the way they fight, I thought was really cool because they changed up how Vader's a little more aggressive now after 10 years of having been like the scariest presence in the galaxy. And then Obi-Wan is clearly out of practice. <laughs> like I love how that they've actually had him fight like hand to hand before this episode. And, you know, in his like Breaking Bad get up in episode two when he's trying to save Leia from like the meth place or whatever it is. And he's, you know, like fighting hand to hand and using a blaster. That's been cool. But when he took that lightsaber out, it was not the Obi-Wan that we knew. Like he was so out of practice and so rusty and just trying to like run away from Vader, basically. Um, but I agree with Damon. I, Leia. So I will say the first episode, I was not 100 percent on board with the actress who played Leia. Um, and I, of course, always want to give a little grace to child actors because they're so young and, you know, you can't put too much pressure on them. Hence, we get 
Jake Lloyd. Uh, but like, you know, I, I, I think that she was doing the best she could. They just didn't know how to handle like the writing of the character. And if like in episode two, they, they seem much more confident in it. And she's like the sassy kind of fiery Leia c- comes through a lot more in episode two. Um, and I think their dynamic is really, really sweet. Like it's, it's very charming. Um, but it's been good. It's been really fun. Um, we are, ha- like I said, we're halfway in already, which is kind of sad to me, but what are y'all, what are y'all's like general predictions? What do you think is going to happen in the second half? I'm going to ask like maybe, okay, so Damon mentioned Qui-Gon, right? Do we all think we're going to see an, an appearance of a Qui-Gon like force ghost or at least his voice? Yes. They, yep. They've mentioned it like three times. Um, I don't. I don't think that they would bring it up that many times just to not have that payoff in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we know that Vader has got to come back at some point. I have to think that there's a reason they cast Hayden and not just anyone. Um, so, do we think we're going to see like the the first time we see him is he's getting suited up? Do we think we're going to see more of that, like him disfigured and maybe Hayden's playing that? Or do we think we're going to see like an Anakin flashback? I think we're doing flashback. I think we get the flashback so we can see Hayden without the the getup. And I think we might get Ahsoka. Maybe that's me being wishful thinking. But so oh. far, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the show's kind of putting uh stars from other shows into their shows just kind of to remind you like oh yeah don't forget ahsoka is next or like we did it with boba fett i mean maybe that's because of the (laughs) criticism that happened with boba fett but you know what i mean all the other shows so far we've had some kind of reminder like oh yeah here's mando here's so maybe we get that that's yeah, I'm hopeful. Uh, Anna, what do you think? You think we're gonna get an Anakin flashback or just a straight up Hayden disfigured appearance? I think we're probably gonna get an Anakin flashback at some point. The reason why they might have cast Hayden is because Hayden has pretty much grown up learning how to fight with like a metaphorical lightsaber. So trying to bring in a new actor and trying to train them when you already have one available who knows the role in and out just makes more sense. But what I did want to address is that they used James Earl Jones as the voice of Vader and they brought him back. I thought they were just going to, you know, use clips from like the seventies, which I would have been fine with, but no, they, they brought him back and it was pretty much a seamless integration. I was very excited to, to see him back involved with the project. Here, here there, you just can't do Vader without James Earl Jones. Um, that was, yeah, that was perfect. Uh, Damon, what are your, some of your predictions going into the second half, other than Qui-Gon? Um, I think we see another Jedi. Like, phys- in physical form. At least one, I don't know who. Um, whether, it, I think that'll be their, their little tip of the hat to saying this is the bigger world. Yep, like Anna says, the, the shout-out to Quinlan was amazing. I, I would love for that to happen. I think he has a big part to play in this this gray area of like what happens to the Jedi that survive? Do they all get get killed? And which ones survive even through the trilogy? Like, you know, like who are who's maybe still out there into the, the Mandalorian uh, era, so to say? Who's there? I think we may get an answer for at least one of them. Hopefully maybe Quinlan. 
I think we see Qui-Gon. I th- I'm going to just go on a on a limb and say I think we get maybe even like a current day uh, Anakin Vader like mask off or broken at least maybe even a little bit of glimpse not even in the back to tank but like maybe Obi-Wan actually strikes his mask down or, or breaks it like we've seen before um, you know you got to get a little bit of a love of like that iconic shot from the with just the eye and, and his face I'd love to see that with Anakin again um, any others I would say we get at a R2-D2 and C-3PO sighting and yeah that's all I got good call i i think the anakin one with the mask is a very safe bet because we like that's such an iconic moment in rebels with uh ahsoka so that's i could see that happening if there's any characters i see uh showing up i would be down for like thad said possibly an ahsoka or even a rex they used timora already like that was maybe one of my favorite moments as well was the the clone vet in um episode two that was great so i would love to see Timora show up as maybe a, a Rex who's you know who knows what he's up to um yeah but that's uh that's our thoughts on Kenobi so far it's been honestly really solid and I'm excited for the second half we're gonna take a real quick break and then we're gonna come back with our thoughts on the boys season three hello there and welcome back from break we just finished talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi the first half of that show and we are on to another new show this is on me my bad we didn't mention but we kind of just dove into it these are going to be spoilers for all these shows so if you haven't caught up on either the boys season three or stranger things season four which is coming next uh now's your time to jump out and maybe catch up before you you tune in um but that being said we are going to jump into the boys season three um they dropped uh the first three episodes of i think eight um on amazon prime what are some of our thoughts anna what were your, your general thoughts on season three so far well first of all i am terrified of termites and i will never look at them the same way again (laughs) i don't know why but every time i watch the boys i'm like oh they definitely can't top it from like the last season it's not going to be as gory and then the first 20 minutes in and that opening scene i just went absolutely not i need to take a break (laughs) um i definitely think it was a good bridge though um you know, they had some really good one-liners. Um, I actually felt bad for Homelander for about 30 seconds in episode two. And then I just went back to hating him right away. <laughs> uh, my favorite couple is thriving and vibing. We got a kimchi going strong. MM's back in the fold. And what a cliffhanger on the third episode. My jaw dropped. Holy crap. Ryan, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, like you, Anna, I am uh, caught off guard uh, by how gory the show is, even though I don't know why. Um, I like started watching episode two when I was eating dinner, and I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to wait until after I've eaten to watch this. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, where things go, especially now that... Um, Homelander seems to be like really untethered from anything that was holding him back. Um, I know it, it didn't seem that way, but when you think about it, um, from the I, I totally blanked, um, but the woman from the first season, and then sort of like Stan Edgar and Stormfront's influences on him last season, 
um, those are all either gone or Homelander has just like sort of stopped caring about the limits that people are putting on him. So uh, that spells trouble for, uh, well, pretty much everybody. So um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, especially and like the the Huey and uh, Starlight dynamic has, has been interesting, especially when he wanted her to um, hang around uh, and, and not leave. And now that um, with the, the cliffhanger that Anna mentioned, um, you know, I'm sure that's going to go very poorly for her. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see everyone involved and um, also to see what's going to happen with Ryan and sort of how Butcher, you know, cruelly blew him off and um, there's there's definitely going to be more to come from that. So, uh, yeah, very interested to see how things come forward. And, and yes, like Anna said, um, I was talking to Kyle after we watched, but they, they did the Thanos thing um, with Thanos and Ant-Man, but somehow it made it so much worse. So, <laughs> so much worse. Oh, Thad, uh, <laughs> what are some of your thoughts on the first three episodes of The Boys? Uh, yeah, it's... I was just... That was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, are they doing the Thanos thing? Hey! <laughs> that was my first thought. Um, I, again, the cliffhanger, like you guys said, I was like, Ugh. Uh, oh, oh boy. Uh, we've got uh, raging X-Men Cyclops <laughs> moments here. We've got... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much going on right now with that show. Uh, oh, the Homelander thing just really going like almost full Omni Man now. <laughs> like, and then uh, oh, they another thing I really liked is that they uh, they kind of took something straight from a Superman comic with Homelander. Uh, there's a Superman comic where he is. It's almost shot like like piece for piece with Homelander and Superman. It's just that um, I'm talking about the spot where Homelander has is in front of the woman who's on top of the building and she's thinking about jumping. And in the Superman comic, it's basically the same thing. But Superman comforts the person and it's just uh, talks them down and he wraps them in his cape. And Homelander is just the complete opposite. And he's like, get down there. It's like, oh, oh. Yeah, the boys just, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy someone else caught that because that was such a chilling moment. Like, that is one of my, like, I get it. Superman is a boring character. Not everyone loves Superman. I get it. But that that moment in the comics is, like, one of his greatest moments because he doesn't do anything with his powers. It's just about him wanting to, like, connect with someone. And it's this really beautiful moment. And so the way – sometimes they're a little on the nose with the parallels, right? Like, they, little, they do it a little less subtly. But that moment was handled – I mean, it was, like, terrifying. The way that he is, like, this god and he just doesn't care about people at all. Like, that – that ring, oh, that was that was incredible. Um, yeah, Damon, what were some of your general thoughts in these first three episodes? For one, uh, Stan Edgar is the antagonist that I love and adore because, I mean, as Giancarlo Esposito is fantastic, and we have another antagonist who just doesn't have to do hardly anything. 
he just kind of looks. He can just throw a couple lines out, and everyone's like, well, shit, I got to do what he says. Just the power he exudes, which really is a fun kind of play on on what the story is about right now. You know, the whole idea of of what is power and who has it and what they can do with it. And Stan Edgar really does hold all the power. And it's so interesting seeing him and Homelander kind of have this quiet kind of cold war against each other, trying trying to see who actually does have all the power and I think Stan has it, but I mean, Homelander is etching so close to that edge. And and now that we see him like finally realize that the people are going to accept him for who he is, is so scary and way too accurate for real life. Um, the boys are so great at that. Um, I really love the the politics that they have going on with the Seven and Vault. That's been one of my favorite things about the series. Um, it, it, you know, it's just... It's so satirical at, at that moment. It's like that, you know, they they kind of make a point of it. They aren't superheroes. They aren't, you know, part of the, you know, they've been trying to throw in the military before. But at the end of the day, they're just, they're essentially pop stars. They're rock stars. They're, they're actors and they're celebrities. And it's giving them all this power is just, as Stan kind of says, he's, he's done with it and he wants to end it. So I really want to see where that's going to go. Like, Where's that going to come ahead? Like, is Starlight going to end up being the future of it? And obviously, inevitably, Homelander is going to break. But do we get to find out where Soldier Boy is? And does he get to play into that? We just kind of got very, very, you know, just a little bit of touch of Soldier Boy with episode three. And I, I think maybe, you know, the next episode, I feel like, is when we're really going to dive into him and maybe meet him and see what's going on. And yeah, is he going to be what they expect? Probably not, but I'm I'm really hoping MM gets his hands on him because I ah man, finding that out was just broke my heart. Ugh. And then Frenchie and, and Kamiko, I love them. They're adorable. When she told him that like I'm only here for you, can we just go now? I was just like, "Go. They're not going to do it because this is a show, but go, please. <laughs> just leave and go have a happy life." Oh, poor, poor kimchi. Um, I love this show, and it's just insane. But there's so much that we haven't even talked about. The Deeps, whole little poor, poor. Oh, man, that scene where he had to eat his friend that he also, like, likes to look at while he has sex is just Timothy. Poor Timothy. A very odd relationship he has. But, um, yeah. And, I mean, he's still so completely unself-aware about everything. It's still... uh, also, just one more thing, Starlight, whole story about her thinking she could do something is so great, and then realizing, terrible, terrible idea. You're about to be co-captains with Homelander. The, the fact that he hasn't killed her yet is so surprising, and I, I don't know why she did it, but at the same time, I'm glad she's just doing more, because I, I love Starlight in this show, and, and to seeing like, the backstory of, of her and her mom... With the Britney Spears drop, great. It's like, damn, yeah, that that's exactly what those little toddlers and tiaras uh, look like. And I, I'm just, I have no idea where it's gonna go other than Homelander's gonna wreck some shit. So, uh, Ryan, what what did you have to say? Uh, yeah, Damon. Um, speaking of people that aren't self-aware, A Train, uh, when he made that pitch to the Ashleys uh, with his new costume and the video game, I was crying. 
like it was so bad and so funny and just like so on character for him god yeah that was <laughs> uh yeah anna did you have something well, now that you brought up Ashley, I just want to talk about, like, her freaking sparkly suit that she was wearing. I was like, where can I get this? I want to wear it, first of all. <laughs> like, best outfit in the whole series so far. Um, second of all, I just want to bring up a line that Kamiko says um, in episode two when they're, um, I, I can't remember where it was, but she says, I'll never be a normal girl who likes roller coasters. I, I'm broken and can never be fixed. And she and Frenchie are just absolute psychos together, right? But they're soft with each other, and it just gives me a lot of feelings. I'm like, oh, you're you're all both little crazies, but I love you anyway. Um, I thought that was really sweet. And then the whole Timothy scene, I I had to look away. I was like, this is really graphic. I'm like, this one, this scene should have had a trigger warning. Like that was that was awful. But I really think that we're going to be meeting Soldier Boy soon because I don't think Kripke would bring on Jensen Ackles and just have him only do flashback scenes. I don't think that's a thing. He's he's coming in relatively soon. Um, and just his intro, right? It's totally different from anything I've seen him in before. Like, it had a little Dean Winchester vibe to it, but, like, on steroids. And I just think, you know, seeing Jensen go and to something that's completely outside of the box from what we've seen him in before is going to be fantastic. He nailed the intro from when we saw him in that scene. It was awesome. I, uh, yeah, I was really excited about Jensen going in and I, I like the way they kind of held back for a while. And so when we get to him, it's, it's a really great intro. Did not expect son, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery as a grown up, um, just named gunpowder. I think his sidekick that was interesting. Um, I was, yeah, that threw me off because I was like, I know this guy, but he looks a little too old. Oh, it's it's the guy from American Pie. Um, he he was really good though, and I I agree with the the MM thing, Damon, because I really hope he gets a chance to like square off against Soldier Boy. Uh, all the parallels and all the real life stuff has been handled really well. That in particular though, just was just it was a lot. Like it, I, I don't know. It, it was it, it was. The show does a really good job of kind of putting up a mirror to how things are at the moment. And it did it a little too accurately right there. And I was like, this is a lot to handle right now. Um, But yeah, they're doing a really great job. I love that. So going into season three, I was expecting the full primary antagonist to be Soldier Boy. And I thought he was going to be in it from the very beginning. And I was worried that Homelander might kind of get sidelined. And no, he's just as despicable as ever. Like the fact that he is now... He doesn't give a shit about like how what anyone thinks about him is so dangerous and so scary. The moment I we, with that and I mentioned it before with the Superman parallel, but the moment when Stormfront like just kills herself and he's just like, and he immediately is just like selfish about it and like on my birthday, really like that's just ooh, that was rough. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what they do with him and Ryan. I can't I can't not think that we're gonna see some kind of like you know, sh- showdown between the two of them at some point. Um, obviously, we're going to get more of Butcher with the uh, with the, his powers. Um, I, I know there's going to be a moment when the rest of the boys find out about that, and that's obviously going to cause a rift. I think they've done a really good job of, like, keeping the team intact for, like, this first half. So I think once it hits the fan, 
they're all going to split up in a big way because I like that when the season starts, they're all in a relatively good place. Like Huey working for, I forgot the name of the organization, but like the, the bureau who watches over soups and like stuff like that. Um, I love the turn with, uh, with his boss. Uh, I don't remember her fake name, but her real name is Nadia. Like his, you know, Newman. Who, Newman. Yeah. Victoria, Victoria Newman. Yeah. Um, turns out to be Nadia. Like she turns out to be a soup. The scene with her and her old friend was great. And so I, I'm wondering how that's going to play in with her and Edgar's connection. Like there's a lot going on in these first three episodes. So it's going to be interesting to see how they tie it in. But I feel like the boys in particular has handled the eight episode format really well. Like sometimes shows, it feels like they shortcut a little bit with eight episodes and they don't really tie up their loose ends that well. But I think with the first two episodes, uh, first two seasons of the boys, they have done a great job of like bringing things together in the finale. So where it doesn't feel like things are left unresolved or anything. Um, so I'm curious. I think this next batch of episodes is going to be very heavy on soldier boy, very heavy on yeah Newman's connection with Stan Edgar. Um, and then, yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen with like Homelander. Like, there's going to be a breaking point at some, you know, at some point. There's something's going to happen. He's just going to go nuts. Because um, I don't even know how many seasons they're planning to make with this. So it's it's fun to kind of watch, not knowing if it's going to be the last season or not. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what tips him over the edge, as if he's not already over the edge enough. <laughs> um, one thing too that I was I almost forgot about. It was very cool to see a uh, young Black Noir like with the mask off and talking and stuff. That was interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see if we're going to get more with him. And I, I read that, you know, I guess spoilers for also for Diabolical, that the finale of that um, kind of ties into like his relationship with Homelander. So I'll have to watch that because I haven't yet and see how that ties into season three. Um, but Anna, what, did you have something on that? Was anyone else emotionally wrecked after the Black Noir scene? Because you just watch it and he's like, I don't want to wear the mask anymore, right? And then he just becomes horribly disfigured. And I don't know, I just wanted to give that poor guy a hug. He he seemed to have it rough. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, poor Ryan. Like, I know Butcher's an asshole, but like, he's like a 10-year-old kid. He did not deserve the shade that Butcher was dealing at him but that was unreal i'm like he is a child whether whether or not he's a soup like he can't help who his dad is you know and he had kind of a father-son relationship with him a little bit but then he just completely obliterated that so i'm gonna be interested to see if he's gonna try to repair that relationship or if it's just done yeah i think they handled that really well though because like their their connection in the first two episodes I really enjoyed and I, I feel like it really it was the first time that Butcher kind of had that because we saw it with Becca kind of in flashbacks but like Butcher having this connection with his quasi son like it, it was a nice thing it was like brought some humanity to his life so yeah I wonder if they're going to kind of bring that full circle and what happens with that um, I do love the way they teased I think it was in episode one or episode two we're definitely going to get a Butcher Homelander showdown. Like the way that Homelander just showed up as a, at his place and was like, we're going to end up fighting. Like that's going to happen. Um, I'm so ready for that. Like full on soup showdown with Butcher taking compound V. I'm 
fully ready for that because Homelander deserves it. Like, and it needs to be Butcher who kills him. I haven't read any of the comics, so I, I there's one thing from the comics that's been spoiled for me. I don't know if the show is even going to do it or not. Otherwise, I'm going in just like Invincible. I'm going in completely blind. So I'm really curious to see how this all kind of shakes out. Um, but yeah, that it's been they've packed a lot into those first three episodes. So we're yeah, and also like we're giving you kind of our quick thoughts because this is a lot of content to consume but don't worry because you're going to get effies for both obi-wan kenobi and the boys so you'll definitely hear us give some full thoughts and give awards out to both of these shows um but do we have any other quick thoughts on on the boys before we jump on to our next show still can't hear the name soldier boy without thinking you <laughs> oh thank god somebody else said it because i was crying on the side <laughs> when Never. i first started i was like this is all i keep thinking and i'm like just expecting jensen ackles to like do the dance at some point at never again i played that song uh freshman year of college with my roommates like a billion times when it first came out and just like i i can't hear that song again <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, speaking of Soldier Boy, um, I too have not read any of the comics. But like, did anyone else um, think we like might get like a, a Winter Soldier type situation given uh, what happened to him so far? It's got to be that way, right? Like he disappeared mysteriously. He's in Russia, no less. Like he's he disappeared in Russia. Like he's yeah, he's gonna show up in a, a different way. All right, we are going to move on to our final show, but because Ryan and Anna are not caught up on it, we're going to go to one more quick break and say goodbye to our fellow Ratbirds. We'll be right back after that break. Hey there, and we're back, but we're in the upside down now, so get ready. Hold on tight. Get your bats, get your lamps, get anything that you can hold and swing away with Steve Harrington because we're diving deep into Stranger Things for the first seven episodes why the fuck they didn't give us the last two? I don't know, but I want them now. Um, Thad, start us off. What were your thoughts on Stranger Things 4? Okay, wow. Um, now, I didn't do the typical where I rewatched all of Stranger Things before uh, starting this new season. I watched the new season straight from the the first episode right on to episode seven and oh boy um all the things that you think you forget they do like little reminders and it's like okay 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 oh shit okay (laughs) everything starts coming back to you and then um i don't remember this i know stranger things always had like a horror element but it seems like they really ramped it up in this season as the kids have been getting older like this is this feels like the the most horror that they've packed into a season so far. Uh, the season has just been so good. I mean, you know, like, of course, like any show, there's like little nitpicks I could have done without, but uh, everything seems to be going so good for this show right now. I, <laughs> I'm just so impressed with it. And I'm not a horror person, but... Uh, it's been really, really well done. Yeah, I have also been really impressed. I I did the same thing when I went into season four. I watched a little 
um, like recap of the first three seasons. Um, friend of the pod, Crystal, helped me out with that and kind of reminded me of some crucial plot points. But all, otherwise, I just went straight in. Um, I got to say, even now, se- seven episodes in, I have no memory of Paul Reiser in the first three seasons. None whatsoever. Um, he seems like an important character. And of course, I love Paul Reiser and everything. So I was happy to see him. No memory whatsoever of of what he did in the first three seasons. Um, But I, I, yeah, I agree on like the ramping up of horror. Just Vecna in general, I love the way they're doing his character. Um, I mean, we, you know, we're going to go all all around all seven episodes of spoilers incoming. But the, I mean, the ending of episode seven with him being not only uh, Henry Creel from the flashbacks, but also being the, the orderly that's, helping 11 out is so I just I love that I thought that was great I didn't trust that orderly immediately just because it's Jamie Campbell Bauer <laughs> but uh <laughs> the idea of yeah I love the idea because I was a little confused for a while about whether what we were seeing were 100% memories that she had suppressed or if they were just simulations to like jolt her powers back but I think what they were trying to say was that like she did meet that she'd met Henry before she was R11, like when she was still a, a kid way back when or whatever, I guess only a few years ago, but back back in the Hawkins lab, she met this guy, figured out who he was. And then I've seen theories about not only did she banish him to the upside down when that happens and opened the first ever gate to it. I've seen theories that she just straight up created the upside down when she did that. I would say it's kind of a toss up because when, it looks like when she when she like pushes him in, there's already like living things in it. So I think it's I think that the the implication is that the upside down has just been there the whole time. Um, but it, I mean, it's undeniable that she has this like legitimate connection to the upside down. Um, and I think the way they've built that up has been really cool, especially like the way that the show starts. Like the very first scene is that slaughter at the lab and we're supposed to believe that that's 11 is i love the way they handle that and then you know obviously we see that it's actually um henry but um i have really liked the different like pairings and groupings you know like we we get to see characters together that aren't typically interacting a lot um i mean mike and will have always been best friends but i like the way that they're kind of separated from everything else and they're with uh jonathan and by the way jonathan's best friend or new friend argyle is already like my mvp (laughs) he's the best uh like i love their pairing i love the scene when they're like escaping from the house and those guys show up in the shootout like the shaky cam there typically i'm not a fan of shaky cam but that whole sequence is just handled so well it feels like it's straight out of a like a freaking Jason Bourne movie. Like it's just so intense the way they're like running out of the house and they meet up with Argyle is just great. Um, I've always been a big fan of Murray. And so him and Joyce, like their, their storyline and heading to Russia and getting Hopper out was great. Joyce's and Hopper's reunion was great. I love that there was just nothing said that they just immediately were like so happy to see each other. We all wanted that the whole season. Um, so that was great. Uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like this has knowing that there's another season after this is really interesting because this feels like not only because they're doing like really long episodes and those last two episodes are in July, but this has felt very much like a final season, the way they're kind of ramping up the the horror and like these character arcs. Max has been handled really well. I mean, episode seven 
gosh, like it's so good. Uh, that ending is is phenomenal. Great use of of uh, of Kate Bush. Like that's just such a great. Uh, this music, this show does music so well, and like Needle Drop so well, and that was such a great sequence. Um, I mean, with Vecna being a, a a monster that like basically just manipulates your trauma against you, I, I knew that that was coming. But the way that they handled it was just done really well. Um, I will say, going into the final two episodes. We have Nancy, you know, stuck with uh, Vecna. There are two things that they've done in earlier in the season that I think have been really clever and subtle that I think we're going to see pay off. One, obviously, Eddie is like a, a huge, you know, metal fan. He has a guitar and like looks at it lovingly and all that. That has to come into play with music bringing someone back. And when Nancy and uh, Robin are looking around, her house uh robin comes across nancy's like music collection so i feel like there has to be some kind of thing there where and i think we, there was even a teaser to the last two episodes where we see eddie with his guitar that there has to be a payoff there of, of eddie bringing robin back with the uh, you know her song of choice um but i like the idea of music bringing someone back that's such a cool stylistic choice that i think like lends itself really well to the show um which is like basically all aesthetic um so yeah, it's just they've handled it all really well. Sometimes I think the show doesn't do the best with all these like converging storylines, but I think this season has probably handled it the best of all four with all these. Because the way they're going to bring them together, I think is going to be back in Hawkins, obviously. And so I'm curious to see what brings them all back together. Um, but for now, I'm I'm really into it. Damon, what are your some of your thoughts on these first seven episodes? So so many thoughts. Um, I I adore Stranger Things. Um, I am one of the people who like season two and three just as much as one, if not more. Um, really big fan of season three. I, I felt like this season was a uh, was just so huge in scale and scope. I mean, we travel from Hawkins to Cali to Alaska to Russia to Utah to go see Susie, who I was very happy to see her still be be a part of the show. Her Mormon family was a uh, was chaotic to say the least. Uh, Argyle met a new friend. Uh, they they got along swimmingly. Argyle is great. I just loved him. Um, he's fantastic. Oh, Jonathan having a party didn't invite me. Just like really, like that's what he was thinking was happening. Um, he was great. Like this was this risotto was smashing. Just just like he, him and and Jonathan. Jonathan hot, definitely needed to find weed and he was just so chill in these episodes maybe a little too chill um i think my least favorite storyline personally even though it was it was vital it was pivotal was the hopper storyline in russia just because i i love hopper and i love seeing him interact with the kids and with joyce and like getting a part of the action so to see him isolated and only working with, with uh, Antonov, right? That was his name. Um, you know, it was it was cool to see him do, be doing this, but I just, I wanted more for our guy Hopper. And so to see him get reunited with Joyce and Murray, who is one of my favorites, him learning freaking martial arts and the fact that, like, he's actually able to actually, you know, perform it uh, <laughs> in real life was just great. He was just... Everything Murray does is gold. He's he's one of my favorite supporting characters. 
Um, he always has some sage advice, even if it's a little bit off kilter. Um, Mike does not need to be a boyfriend. He needs to get his priorities straight. He he just left L out to dry out there on the skating rink, and I'm just not I'm just not down with that. Like the fact that he's been bullied before and just didn't do anything was just a really bad look. It was a, it was a you know. What else could he have done? I don't know, but he could have at least tried to, to at least get them out of the way and done something before that happened. Um, Will's storyline is, is is sad, uh, him just not being able to to connect with Mike like he wants to. I mean, he is his best friend, like uh, Kyle said before, and he's talked to him, what, a couple of times in the last year, and it's just heartbreaking. I mean, whether or not they are going down the road of, of him actually having a crush on Mike, which I, I think they are, it's, I mean, it's telegraphed for the most part, I think, pretty visibly. But even taking that out of it, it's hard losing a friend to a relationship. It happens all the time. And so I think that was hard to watch. Um, but I, my favorite is Dustin and Robin and Steve all together just being sassy, throwing quit, like just quips out at each other. They're great. So fun. Like when they invade the freaking uh video store and they're like what is happening we're working like this is a saturday they're just dustin just doesn't care he's like no we're setting up base this is happening and they just go along with it because what else is steve going to do he just he he's he's a pushover steve we love you though um he and he's always there to protect his kids because he is daddy steve he's babysitter steve and i love that i loved when they went into the into the Watergate. <laughs> fun name right there and there's so much to talk about. I mean, okay, Kyle, what what did you how did you feel about them going into the upside down when Steve got pulled away and was getting eaten by the demo bats? Did you think I thought Steve was going to die maybe right there? What did you think? I didn't think then, but and I hate saying this because Steve the Hare Harrington has been my favorite character since the season probably season 2. I think he is going to die in the finale. Um they're clearly setting up for someone important to die. Um, but I love that they're, you know, they traveled to the upside down. I think what they've done really well is set up in either these last two episodes or in what I think is going to happen is I think that Paul Reiser's character mentions it in one of the earlier episodes when he first meets 11. He's saying that they're like a war is coming. More gates are opening. I think at the end of this season, Vecna is not going to be defeated by 11, but I think that he is going to use all these gates and just permanently open to the upside down. And I think that because we've always gotten in the past of Stranger Things, we've gotten openings and we've had creatures come to Hawkins from the upside down. But I think season five is going to be a full season of just war and like the upside down being just open to Hawkins. And it's just going to be like pure chaos. I don't know if that's the direction they're going. And I don't know how you can sustain that for an entire season, but I hope kind of kind of hope that's where we're going with that. Um, but yeah, S- Steve getting sucked in, I thought was a great little like because so far, like him and Eddie and, and Nancy and Robin were kind of just working as like support to the other characters, which is what they usually do. So it made sense. But I love that they got their own kind of mini adventure right there. Um, again, him and him and Nancy being the two left behind 
I just don't see them killing Nancy. So I, I hate saying it because, again, he's my favorite. But I, I think it's highly likely that we get a Steve sacrifice in the last two episodes. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm curious. I don't know who. Do you all think it's like a guarantee? And if so, if you had to bet, like, who do you think is, is going to die at the end of season four? I would say Eddie trying to do like a pick of destiny thing. Ooh, I think you're killing off a new fan favorite right away because he has been. Yeah, I've seen the internet has gone nuts for Eddie. Like, and I get it. I love him, but wow, that's bold. I don't know. That's oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> Damn it, what do you think? I, I think that's definitely up the alley. It's it's going to be Eddie because his whole story has been he's been running and hiding the whole the whole time, and he he's like. He, he keeps mentioning it. He's like, yeah, I just, I'm a coward. You know, that's all I do. Apparently, I just run. And, like, he was, like, the whole thing was, like, I he didn't stay on the boat only because he didn't want to be left alone, you know. And so for him to have that big moment where he steps up, I think would be really great narratively, really great for his character. <clears throat> because, I mean, he is a fan favorite. He's great. So I think it would be him. Yeah, and they keep mentioning I, uh, Mordor too. So <laughs> this is true. I love that too. That's uh, yeah. Um, also, if you're going by like, look, I have loved. I mean, y'all know Damon and I are, are huge horror fans. Love the Freddy Krueger cameo, Robert England showing up as Victor Creel, and then also Vecna just gives me big Freddy Krueger vibes in the way that he kind of not dreams but messes with people with these visions and stuff. If you're going by the rules of that first movie. You know, the the first kill in that movie, her boyfriend is framed and is, is sent to prison and then is killed. So it's not the same thing because Eddie obviously was not linked romantically to Christy or Chrissy. That was the first kill. He was framed. He was set set up. If you're going by Nightmare on Elm Street rules like he. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that he would be the one um, I but I have loved. Yeah, like we kind of mentioned it at the top. But the way they've gone more full tilt horror, um, it, I think it's really clever playing it up with like trauma, whether it's just like the trauma you've experienced or like maybe the regret and, and guilt that you have um, with like Nancy's reporter friend who I guess was involved in like a, I don't know if it was like a drunk driving incident or like some kind of just vehicle crash that killed one of his friends. That was handled really well. And honestly, he was a really annoying character. So I'm glad they killed him. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the way they did it was really effective. Um, and then like with Chrissy and her mom and uh, one of Lucas's basketball friends with, with his dad. And of course, now with Nancy, they're bringing it all the way back to season one with Barb. Like that was one of the biggest things that people were sad about was like the way they handled Barb's killing it was so unjust. And then Nancy being kind of responsible for that. They're bringing it back like full circle. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens with that. Um Okay, so we think Eddie it may be, might might be the one dying. Do we have any other just general predictions? Because these next two episodes, like again, I don't like the choice that they're making us wait and like separating them, but they are going to be like two movies. I mean, episode six or uh, episode eight is going to be, I think, an hour and a half, and episode nine is going to be at two hours and a half. So like basically two feature length episodes. What are our thoughts? What do we think is going to happen with those last two? Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I thought David was going to go. Sorry, guys. Um, 
Uh, I think, uh, like you, Kyle, I think we do get. I think we do get someone killed off. Uh, if it's not our new, our new favorite Eddie, it. I feel like this show wouldn't go with someone already injured. I feel like they would go with someone who you're not expecting. Maybe one of, maybe one of the kids. I don't know, but I feel like this show is not gonna kill off someone already injured. I feel like they're gonna do it, and it's gonna be someone you're not expecting, and it's just gonna hit you. And then maybe that's how the season ends. And I don't. Is it Hopper? Do we lose Hopper right after getting him back? I don't know, but it feels like this show would do something to where, um, oh, this person is injured. This person went through a battle. Uh, Eleven is already, you know beaten up she's emotionally scarred uh you figure one of them is going to be the one to get got and then it's someone who is just totally has just kind of skated by well not skated by but you know uh doesn't have any battle wounds as yet nothing and then boom like maybe we lose winona i don't know but it just feels like one of these it just feels like the show is ramping up to someone um my guess might be maybe Robin. That would be my guess. If the show is going to do that, my guess would be Robin, who is always just kind of like on the edges, but somehow seems to skate by. If they're going to do it, I think we lose Robin. That's brutal. Uh, Damon, what are some of your predictions and thoughts going into the last two episodes? Yeah, so as far as who, as far as the death possibility, I think Eddie's one, Steve is two, and Lucas is three. Um, like, I don't want any of the kids to die, I, th- I guess, but if, if Annie had to, I, I think narratively, with how much Max's uh, storyline, which I think is the best thing about this season... Uh, I've I've just loved Sadie's work. It, I mean, the ending of episode four was amazing and phenomenal, and just like I was on the edge of my seat. Like I was just like, because I didn't know if she was going to survive. I thought she they could have killed her then and been like, holy shit, and but and just for them to be able to make me think that she could have died. I, I, I very much applaud them on that. It was so well shot. But I, I think, you know, her and Mac, her and Lucas have had this the storyline together since season two. And it's it's coming to a head. And I, I think maybe that could be a part of it, him whether it's him saving her or Vecna getting a hold of him and then Max has to go and stop him somehow. I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen, but if I had to pick a kid, I think it might be Lucas. Um, I don't think Vecna goes away. I think Vecna lives another day for season five. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think this is going to set up the stage for a very colossal, huge, like, upside down, not only just Vecna, but maybe he connects with more of the upside down, like, generals. Maybe we see more... You know, of these, we've seen the Mind Flayer, we've seen Vecna, and of course Vecna doesn't come from the Upside Down. He was put in there. 
Right. But who's to say this hasn't happened many times before? I think the upside down has been around forever. I think we could get like him some backup and make it even more like really, really hard for us to see how they're going to get out of it. And that's when I think season five, everyone's going to be together. Maybe not the whole time, but for most of the time fighting together and trying to figure it out and, and, you know, maybe a lot of it is them in the upside down together. I, I don't know. But that's season five as far as the last two episodes of season four. I think, like Kyle said, I think we're going to get everyone back together somehow. I don't know how we're getting Joyce and Hopper and Murray back so fast. But maybe they go through a gate. I mean, it's it's possible. Maybe there's some gate hopping. I don't know. Um, that's what I love about this show. I never really can predict what's going to happen. They've never really given us a chance at predicting either. It's just, bam, there it is. Watch it. Oh, okay, cool. It, that's what's happening. But we actually are like, oh, wow, we have a little bit of time to predict. And I'm like, I don't know, though. Like, they always, their, their uh, season finales are my three favorite episodes of the series. I think that they finish very strongly. I think they really tie the bow up. All the plot lines emerge and converge in a really smart and clever way how they're going to do it this time i cannot wait to see it but i have no idea how so that's all yeah yeah it's they have a lot to do and so i guess i'm that's maybe it justifies the length of the last two episodes because at first i read that and i was like that's just egregious like (laughs) now you're just making movies and so but it makes sense if you have so much to juggle. Um, I know that episode eight is titled entitled Papa. So obviously that's going to probably play a big role, like his dynamic with Eleven. Um, I love that they've brought him back, not only just because I love Matthew Modine, but I think that that does a great job of propelling Eleven's story forward and her going back to her past trauma and those suppressed memories. Um so I'm curious about that. And then episode nine being the finale, I think it's called the piggyback. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Y'all are spot on. I think with like the predictions in terms of deaths, I really hope it's not Robin. Cause she has already become a favorite after season three, but I could see it happening. Cause that you're right. She does tend to kind of skirt around the danger with, without ever be, really being affected by it. Um, in terms of the will and Mike thing, I, I don't know. I'm conflicted only because just I'm a little cynical about just the way TV shows handled queer representation and I'm really tired of queer baiting. Um, so yeah, if, if he's got a crush on Mike, great, but be explicit about it. Like you did it with Robin. That was awesome. Like do it with Will. I, I just, I hate that people on shows now, their response to like, oh, does this character have a crush on this character? Whatever is just vague. And it's like, could be. It's up to your interpretation. Like, no, we don't want that. We want representation. We want very explicit, clear, like a character who is in love with another character. Like, I just I like it. I think it works. I think going back to season one, like he's been pretty queer coded. Um, And so, like, commit to it. Like, let's let's do that angle, you know? Um. I, either way, I'm not saying it doesn't work as a storyline if he's not, because I think Will has been a fun character either way. Um, but I think with this, like the painting and him grabbing that before they leave was a very deliberate thing they did. Um, so who knows? Maybe, I mean, he's the one who started all this. Maybe he's the one who dies. Like, maybe Will is the one 
with that painting either dying right before or after it's revealed. And it's like this really emotional moment from Mike. Who knows? I hope not. Cause again, that's playing into tropes of like killing the gay people, which I don't love. Um, but it's up in the air about what they do with that. Um, I like Damon's, I like your idea of like bringing the uh, Hopper and Joyce and Murray back with like some gate hopping. Cause otherwise I just don't know. Otherwise you get into game of Thrones territory about how they can travel somewhere so quickly. <laughs> uh so we'll have to see what happens with that um they've got time and they've got two very long episodes to figure it out so yeah it's gonna hit the fan though like things have already been crazy so far but i think with these last two episodes it's gonna be wild i would even i wouldn't be surprised if we get a major death in episode eight like not even episode nine like someone dies in episode eight and then episode nine it's like who everyone's at risk who could die next um one thing that I'm not really looking forward to that they've kind of set up because I just think is one extra plotline that we don't need is the like the witch hunt of all the Hawkins citizens and you know like the jocks who are like trying to find like the devil worshippers or whatever. I just feel like it's so unnecessary with everything else that's going on. Like it's just already such a jam packed season. I hope that doesn't play too big a factor into the, the last two episodes. Um, I'd be fine with if they were like out on this witch hunt or whatever, and they just immediately get killed by Vecna. <laughs> like I'd be <laughs> fine with fine with that, but yeah. Otherwise, we'll see how that plays in. I guess. Um, yeah, but these last two episodes, I think, are going to be huge, um, and obviously, they're going to set up the stage for a very chaotic season five, which I hope comes a little sooner than season four did. Because going into season four, I was like, I don't even know what's going to happen because I don't remember anything about season three season. three. I looked it up. I forgot season three was July 4th, 2019. Like it was a whole COVID ago. I guess just wild to me. And I know that that made it feel a little longer than usual, but that's still three years. So I hope that it's a quick turnaround for season five. Otherwise, I mean, these kids are going to be adults <laughs> in season five. Um, so yeah we'll see um it's been really fun though i'm glad that like to be like fully in love with the season of stranger things because all the other seasons i've had problems with but have liked for the most part and this season obviously there's problems with it but for i'm like loving this season so far so i really hope they don't fumble the bag with these last two but i honestly don't see that happening um yeah so that's that's been our thoughts we kind of jam-packed some some quick thoughts on all these shows but you'll hear some more concrete thoughts once all the rest of the episodes come out. Um, but thank you for listening to another episode of down for the turnaround. Thank you to friends, Anna and Ryan who already hopped off for their thoughts on our first two shows. And of course, Thad, thank you, my friend for joining us for another episode. Of course, anytime. And I think I'd like to mention the H after Anna stands for hopper. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Anna was stuck in that Russian prison that one time. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> Damon, do you have any thoughts for the folks at home before we get out of here? Yes, um, this was fun. Thank you for joining us on this not so many mini sode, and we're just gonna be hoping to do some more. We got some really fun kind of new stuff coming down the pipeline in the summer. Um, got some fun MCU stuff. We are working on some nice, friendly, in hostile takeovers uh, for people to take over for us for some nice episodes. And yeah, we're just hoping y'all keep on tuning in Kyle. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next week.